This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Put my name up in the light. Pressure is nothing new for every athlete. Expectations is nothing new for every successful person. But sometimes in the world of sports, I know this is shocking. It goes too far, and that's exactly what's happening. 24 hours less than removed from one of the biggest draft picks we've ever seen. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. If you hear, Harry, a random thumping in the background, it is because I am sitting in the press box at Fenway Park where tonight Kane Brown and Darius Rucker will be part of a huge concert happening here today. Talking to Kane and Darius uh, later tonight uh, some, for some pieces they're running on the SEC Network. My whole booth is shaking, man. I hear it's not coming through the mic, but I'm just telling you, my whole booth is shaking. My booty's shaking. Every, like, I know it's love Friday, but I didn't know I was in a vibrating chair. Hey, things yo. are getting weird. What? Things are getting weird here already. I got the I got the shake shakes on my no nos going because they're sound checking at Fenway. What? <laughs> to each his own. Just control <laughs> yourself until you get off air. <laughs> I cannot promise any. I mean, like most hotels charge more for the vibrating bed. I'm getting the free vibrating seat here at Fenway. I thought they were already a hospitable host. This is taking it to the next level. Uh, all right, taking it to the next level is the best way I can describe the absolutely asinine statements being made around Victor Wembanyama. Now. I want Victor Wembanyama to be the single greatest sensation in the history of the NBA because that gives us something fun to talk about, and I really don't care about anything other than that when it comes to the NBA. I just want fun stories, and I want those. But it seems like even last night watching and listening to the draft and listening to it on ESPN Radio and reading the articles about it, we're just continually piling on to this. Victor Wembanyama is essentially a golden god, and I just think we need to remember that these things take time. Harry, I want you to tell me what you think of this. Sean Elliott, Spurs TV analyst, said this about the Wemby expectations on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Well, obviously, they're unrealistic. I mean, that's what's going on uh, right now. The, our expectations amongst the fan base, I think, is unrealistic. I, I think people believe we're going to win championships right off the bat, and I just don't see that happening. And I think it's going to be an adjustment period uh, for this young man and for uh, the players around him. You know, we got a really young ball club, really a uh, young roster. Uh, it's going to take a little bit of time, but I'm, I'm saying, you know, three, four years down the line, you're talking about a team that's going to contend every single year that he's here. And so I, I think people need to temper their expectations a little bit. Uh, don't expect us going to the, the finals year one or two. I think I think that's completely unrealistic. Yeah, I think what Sean Elliott is saying is 1,000% correct. I don't think the the San Antonio Spurs in year one of getting Victor Wimbiyama are going to be in playoff contention. I think it's going to take about four or five years for this team to really be feasible to contend year in and year out. Now, the first step of that process was drafting Victor Wimbiyama at number one, a guy that's 7'5", uh, uh, close to 240 pounds. But it's also that time frame is going to allow him to get stronger. And he touched a little bit about that yesterday um, on the set that they were doing um, the draft from is about, you know, how he needs to get stronger, not necessarily bulk up because of the NBA game. But also, you know, that also buys the Spurs a time frame to surround him with players and other free agents and older players to be able to get on this roster and help Wimiyama because he's not going to be able to do it alone. 
it, it, it takes a village, they say, to raise a child. Well, it also takes a village to win a championship. You're just not, just, just not going to be able to do it with one player because he's 7'5", can dribble like a 6'2 guard, and also can shoot the three and has long arms and can defend the basket. You're going to need those surrounding pieces around him as well to be able to help him so he can help lead and guide this team to a championship like we've seen the last person they took at number one in Tim Duncan. I think it's such an important point to remember that past number one overall selections still need time. Hell, even LeBron didn't make the playoffs till his third year. My goat, right? Uh, look at you. Look at the way the NBA has worked and the NBA structured. And the hardest part about this is that Victor Wembanyama is like nine foot seventy four inches and like just <laughs> massive human being, right? And because of that, everybody looks at him and thinks that he's a grown ass man. He's not. He's still a kid. Like I don't care. He's nineteen years old. He's nineteen years old. Nineteen. He's going to go to San Antonio. He's going to walk along the river walk. He's going to be carted, and then they're going to realize that they can't even give him alcohol in the U.S. Right? Like he is going to have a total adjustment to living here. He's going to have a total adjustment to being adult. He's going to have a total adjustment to being on a team full of grown ass men that have grown ass men responsibilities, that have families, that have kids, that have lives, that have uh, homes, that have all of these things that he doesn't know the first thing about. He's going to literally have to grow up as a man while he grows up as a basketball player and the more we just temper this and say uh, like it's okay and it's fair to say I think Victor Wembenyama is going to be great and he could change the way basketball looks I also think it's okay to say and that might take five or six years like that's just the real NBA do we see the pieces do we see the building blocks cool let's get those building blocks and then let's allow him the space that he needs to become an actual human being adult through this process well here's the funny part about it in six years Fitz six years he will still only be 25 years old So time is on his side. He's 19 years old. He was born in 2004. I left high school in 2003. Mm -hmm. So he has time on his side. But I think also a key component in Victor Wimayama getting drafted number one overall, it's who he got drafted to. He's with a guy in Greg Popovich, who I trust tremendously. But also I would say it's great for that fan base. It's great for the San Antonio Spurs because they know how to embrace international players. They understand what the process is. So they've seen this over and over again. So I'm pretty sure they understand it as well. Look, look they're happy as hell uh, when they got the, the draft lottery and got the number one overall pick because they knew they were going to get Victor Wimayama. But I think everything put together from him getting adjusted to, you know, living over here in America, Greg Popovich, that organization, that fan base, I think it's the perfect situation for him to succeed, but also the perfect situation for him to understand that everything doesn't have to happen right now. That's such a great point by you with the Spurs, because Greg Popovich obviously is a legend, and he's not a spring chicken. I don't want to imply that he is, but certainly the Spurs organization knows how to do business when it comes to isolating their superstars, letting their superstars grow the way their superstars need to grow. Like, I'm not sure that Wembenyama would get the same grace and patience in a market like New York and a market like L.A. that even in a market like Dallas that he's going to get in San Antonio. And that has to speak to a portion of this. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and, of course, progressive.com. It's... It's interesting because the way the West is stacked up right now, there are so many stars. And Victor Wembanyama can become a building block. I think he can become a star and quickly become somebody that we pay attention to. 
but I also don't think it's the worst thing that he'll sort of live invisibly for the first several years of his career because if the Spurs aren't great, the Spurs aren't going to get on TV. Like, Victor Wembanyama is not going to wake up and be on the Christmas Day game this year, right? Like, he's going to wake up. I I think about even Zion, and Zion, as big as Zion was as a talking point, there have been times where we almost just forget, oh, Zion played last night. Wembanyama is going to be in that same situation, which, to your point, Harry, I think is important because it allows Popovich to teach him, hey, here are the important things. There are enough foreign players that have played around the organization along with Coach that I think they can help him acclimate into this life the right way. I just think when we sit here and say he's a future Hall of Famer, what we're doing is we're adding an unnecessary pressure onto somebody that needs the opportunity to blossom into the individual that he can be, not the individual that people think he's going to be just because he is a unicorn in his size and skill. No, I, I agree with you. And I think he, he's so mature, though, even though he's 19 years old. Um, I think he understands that as well. Now, do you want to go out there and put on your best performance every time that you step out on the court? Yes. But let's remember, he has to also get adjusted to playing 82 games a year. That's not something he's accustomed to doing. But I will say this, Fitz, because, you know, Victor Wimbenyama has become a breath of fresh air for that organization. And I would say also the NBA by him going to San Antonio. I had an opportunity to go to a few games down there in San Antonio when my brother was with the Miami Heat and they were playing the NBA Finals. And I was blown away. I instantly was in love with San Antonio, the city. Um, So I just think they deserve, this organization deserves it, but also that fan base deserve a player like Victor Wimbenyama, a breath of fair share, a guy who gave this organization CPR because I thought, uh, honestly, they needed it. But... The fan base truly deserves a player like this because I know what that fan base is like when that team is, is, is winning. They support their team when they're not winning, but they really, really support them when they're winning. I ride in there, it's like I was going to a damn rodeo. Everyone with the cowboy hats and their boots on made me want to get my own damn pair. Now I own a closet full of cowboy boots and, and, and cowboy hats and belt buckles and that whole nine. Uh, we played the San Antonio Rodeo several times with the band. They actually empty it out. They fill it with dirt. Here's the thing that you didn't know you needed to know. I don't know how familiar you are with rodeo dirt, but like they actually grade rodeo dirt. So like San Antonio's rodeo dirt has won a bunch of awards. But at the end of the rodeo, they basically they box it all back up and they put it in a warehouse. So then the next year they bring it back from that warehouse. They add a few little extra things. So like you're standing in cow poop that is like 60 years old. They've been they've been running the same dirt back and forth in the San I Antonio. Yeah, look at that. So, uh, yeah, every time we would play one of those rodeos, we walk around like the, the, just the, the smell of like cow poop just gets stuck in your, your nose for like three days afterwards. It, it's it. But you're right, man. It's right like, up your alley. That's right, it's, right up, it's right up your alley. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Coming up, the NBA tra- uh, coming up, more analysis of cow poop. Only, uh, all right, uh, you know, Buns and Guns has gotten off the rails today. The, the NBA draft always brings us some crazy comparisons. Wait until you hear who one GM compared his first-round pick to next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Rodeo, Jesus, what am I doing? ESPN Rodeo, yeah, on the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. It's a love Friday. You know the drill. Using 
Friday afternoon to set the stage for Friday night. Thoughts and prayers to ceiling fans all over America. Making sure that uh, things get oh so naughty and oh so nice all at once. That's what we're doing here on Fridays. (laughs) What? I don't know. Oh, y'all, I don't know. Uh, This is what happens. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. You think what I'm saying is weird? Wait till you hear what some people said at the NBA draft last night. I'm just, you know, this is the moment, Harry. Uh, When you were drafted, did anybody say anything wild or weird about it in the moment? Like, you know what it feels like to be drafted. Was there any Mm -hmm. weird commentary afterwards that you remember from somebody? Nah, you know, I had my draft party at Hooters, baby, so. Oh, that's right. (laughs) You know, I was blessed. (laughs) I was blessed when I got drafted. Right there at Hooters, baby, in Clayton County. Right there in Jonesboro, Georgia. You know what? One thing's always been consistent since I've known HD. He does love them wangs. All right, so uh, nobody said <laughs> anything weird. Nobody said anything weird about Harry, but plenty was said weird last night. We start with Troy Weaver, Pistons GM, when he said this about Azur Thompson from Overtime Elite. And, you know, the process of trying to figure out what to make of somebody that may have competed in a different league. This is what the, the Pistons GM had to say. You can say that, but when you see something different, you see something elite, you know it. Um, I don't think that um, – I think Halle Berry is pretty in church or in the grocery store. So I, I think that you can kind of figure it out when you when you see something pretty special. Now, now I don't know if GM Troy Weaver is married, but I see you shooting your shot, GM. I see you, baby. <laughs> I mean, he ain't wrong, by the way. Like, so Holly Berry's going to be pretty in the grocery store or in church or wherever else, in the oh, movies, man. wherever else you... Like, I like that analogy, Harry. I'm all in. Uh, I'm all in on this. And also, interesting, by the way, that we had twins uh, that were drafted back-to-back. Ooh, back-to-back yes. selections, twins. I, I actually thought of you last night, because I know how close you and your brother Tony are, how much each other's careers has meant to each other. I can't imagine what it was like for these two young men to see each other's names called back-to-back and then know that the dream had come true for both of them in such close proximity. Man, Fitz, I was sitting there watching the draft last night with my wife, my nephew, um, my son, and my daughter, and I got a little emotional. I didn't cry anything, but that moment really touched me, and for them, those twins to be able to have their older brother there as well, along with their mother and father, um, that's special, man. When you talk about a legacy, and you talk about you know a vision and dreaming of things when you're a kid, and those, vision, those visions that you may have uh, come to fruition, I think it's amazing. It's amazing, but I also want to give a major shout out to their parents because the balance, the structure, the discipline that they taught their two sons, and not just their two sons, but the other, the, all three of them, right? To be able to be at this moment that they are right now, but for you know a man to go fourth overall to the Houston Rockets, and literally right after his twin brother, Asir, is his name is called um, because he's drafted to the Detroit Pistons. Uh, I think it's God sent. Some things are just meant to be. That moment for those two guys and their family was meant to be. Also amazing that Overtime Elite gets two top five draft picks, but let's stack that on top of the fact that we had a player from France drafted and a player from the G League drafted. So of the 
top five picks, only one even played college basketball. Last night was a huge reminder that the landscape of how to get to the NBA is more varied right now than it ever has been before. It is different in this world than it ever has been before. And those are the moments that you look around and say, man, if you are one of those blue bloods that was just used to saying, hey, I can get you to the NBA, last night reminded you that a lot of people are competing with the Dukes, North Carolinas, Kentuckys, Kansases of the world to get the attention of great players because there are plenty of different organizations that can get you to the NBA. You know what I wish they would go back to? Allowing these kids to come out of high school. I really do. I, 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 just, I just feel like it's something that we need to go back to when it comes to the NBA and basketball. So you don't have to go through so many avenues to get there, right? Um, if a kid decides that he's good enough to, go, to play the uh, National Basketball Association level coming out of high school, I think they should have the right to do that. Oh, 100%. Nobody has ever sat there and said, huh, I wonder when Justin Timberlake stopped going to school. Like, oh, I really think that Britney Spears should have to go through a year of college. Bryce Harper. One one direction didn't have to go to college. Like, we we do this with very... When's the last time we looked at any child actor that's out there making millions of dollars against adults working and said, oh, but wait, wait, wait. They really need to go to a year of college first before we let them do that. Like, everybody says it's to protect at this point, but they're not protecting the kids. I can understand football just because the body of, you know, sometimes... 18 and 19 year olds isn't developed and ready for that impact that you're going to get in the National Football League. So I understand why they, you know, make it three years that you have to be in college before you can enter the draft. But when it comes to basketball, man, if guys are, are ready to do it, and we have so many great examples of people being successful doing it. So I don't know why they cut it out. Totally agree with you. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz getting you caught up on some of the best sound moments from last night's NBA draft. Next up is Michael Finley, the Mavericks vice president of basketball operations, asked a very simple question. If Derek Lively fills all their needs, his answer, hysterical. Oh, no, he didn't address all the needs. Did you see us play last year? (laughs) No, he didn't address all the needs. It's just it's just one of the ways of us trying to improve in that area. I love the honesty, HD. Oh, yeah, me too. But now what he does do is give them a rim protector, something in which they're going to need because so many guys get beat off the dribble uh, for the Dallas Mavericks. So he does add that component to it. But I think everyone else on that basketball team need to put their shades on and say, guys, we need to defend. We need to defend at a high level. And even if it's not a high level, we can give more effort and have a better defensive stance every time we go out on this basketball court. Also, get one more in here. Carson Wallace, new Thunder guard, with a surprisingly accurate assessment of Oklahoma City and playing there when he said this. Uh, I definitely I definitely will be fine in Oklahoma. There's not much to do, but it lets you, it lets you stay focused. Um, that's the main goal. And I feel like I was out there for a workout, and I have been to a game before, so I'm perfectly fine with being in Oklahoma. Not much to do. I, Carson, let me give you a little piece of life advice. Spent a lot of time around Oklahoma on the country music circuit. Let me tell you something. You can find trouble anywhere you want to find trouble, my friend. You can find it anywhere, but he's not wrong. Oklahoma City is not going to provide the temptation that, let's say, Miami does. So, look, so no lie, I was watching this last night, and I, and I, and I laughed to myself because I was like, man, I wonder if he actually knows that he's not going to. I think it was the Dallas Mavericks that originally drafted him, right? But the pick went to the Oklahoma City Thunder. I was like, man, I wish I hope he really knows he's not going to the original team that drafted him. And he's actually going to Oklahoma City. But he's going to be able to go out there and focus. And sometimes, you know, that's what these young cats need, man, to, uh, to be in an area where you can just focus on your craft at hand. 
Yeah, I, I think all of that is accurate. All of that is true. And it will work out great for Carson. I just happen to love the honesty. Tune in to an interleague battle Sunday. The Dodgers host the Astros. Coverage of Sunday Night Baseball begins at 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. 7 p.m., of course, on ESPN. Fresh off the NBA draft is a former number one about to find himself on a new team. And we're not talking about Zion. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. In the 2023 NBA Draft, the San Antonio Spurs select Victor Wembanyama. Accomplishing something that I've been dreaming of, you know, my whole life. Hearing that, that sentence from Adam Silver, you know, I've dreamed of it so much. He's a 7'5 Kevin Durant. That's what he plays like. He plays like KD. He's going to be one of the best shot blockers in the league. I mean, he's going to be unbelievable. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Somebody tweeted us and said they were thankful Love Friday is back. They thought maybe the bosses canceled it. Of all the things that we could be yelled at by the by the bosses for, so far, Love Friday has not made the radar yet, Harry. I, I don't know how that is. Like we, we managed to get away with plenty uh, somehow, well, some way. Because Love Friday helps everyone. And, you know, it's just not for me and you. Love Friday helps us all. Yeah, right? I mean, all I'm... men, women, even the dogs and the animals out there. Love Friday helps everybody. It wasn't. Look, An- Annabelle is a saint. She's not listening to Love Friday. She's, yeah, she's okay. barely three years old, mm-hmm. Harry. Like, it wasn't canceled. Mm-hmm. It was postponed. We no, it postponed, postponed it one week. Okay, we postponed it one week. That's it. Uh, by the way, again, I want to give a shout-out and a thanks to everybody at Fenway. They've done a really nice job of making sure that I had a place to be today. Uh, Kane Brown, Darius Rucker going off tonight at Fenway Park, and uh, without their help, it, it would just be three hours of solo Harry Douglas, and nobody wants that. Am I right? Shut so, your uh, ass what, up. What, what, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thanks to everybody at Fenway for making sure that uh, we can stay together like the perfect match that we are. Speaking of perfect matches... We've been having a little bit of fun today as the offseason with the NBA is wild, it's chaotic, and big names are trying to move all over the place. So we're going to bring Evan back in for some more NBA free agent trade match game. Big names in the NBA. Where's their perfect match, Evan? Don't forget, this is your big chance to audition for the Wheel of Fortune job. So give us what you got, buddy. Big chance. Let's go, Big Evan. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> I wasn't. That actually wasn't bad. That actually, I, I didn't it's hate. It's just that. hilarious to me. Where is there a match for for Cat that you think is better than where he is right now? Here, I actually, I actually think New York. Um, New York would be a good place for Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, but if not New York, then right there in Minnesota where he is with Anthony Edwards. I, I like him in Minnesota. I like that duo. Uh, I also think that it's been really good for him in general, Minnesota's building. I think I think the best match for him is to go back to the Timberwolves. It, it feels like uh, the match with he and Anthony Edwards is something special. I think you keep running that back because you're doing something, you know, mid-level, uh, mid-level well, just, exciting. He just has to... There are little things about the game that I want him to get better at. Like, understanding when you have two fouls and you're in the probably first quarter, 
you can't get a third foul in the second quarter, like early, like little things like that of the game that I think Carl Anthony Towns needs to understand. Situational awareness kicked his ass in the playoffs. You are right about that. Evan, who do you got next for us on the NBA match game? Yeah, you're going to sense a theme here. DeAndre Ayton. Ooh. Oh, I've I've found your theme so far. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, can I just, can I make the match like the couch somewhere? Like I'm I'm out on DeAndre Ayton for the Suns. (laughs) I'm out on DeAndre Ayton for the value that he 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 costs at this point. I'm out on the contract they gave him. I've been out on DeAndre Ayton for a long time. I'm out on DeAndre Ayton being a difference maker on a championship team. Let me say that wildly clearly. So wherever his best match is is somewhere that's a salary dump that lets the Suns get more, more uh, opportunity to spend that money elsewhere. Well, I'm going to go with the Suns, but it's just for this season. Because when you have a Bradley Beal, you have a Kevin Durant, you have a Devin Booker, you need someone to, you know, kind of play defense and kind of anchor the rim. Now, if he can accept that role, and on top of, I would hope people want to come into this next season and redeem himself for the showing that he had against Nikola Jokic. And I understand Jokic is a phenomenal basketball player, the best that we have on the planet right now, uh, because he did win Finals MVP. He did win the NBA championship. But you got to have some pride to yourself. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him come, come into this season and say, you know what? That's not who I am. This is who I am. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I just think, unfortunately, it is who DeAndre Ayton is, unfortunately. I, I, I hope I'm <laughs> can't, wrong. Can't fake it, huh? Yeah, can't, <laughs> you can't fake mediocrity at that level. All right, uh, Ev, who do you got next on the match game? I'm just yeah, throwing shade. Yeah, from Ayton to Eaton. Zion Williamson. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't stand you, Evan. That might be the best line you've ever had. By the way, I noticed a, a theme here. You're giving us former top overall picks in the NBA draft that could be on the move this offseason. Uh, look, I'll, I'll say Zion still somehow, some way, weirdly to to Portland could make uh, some sense uh, if I was playing the match game. But I do think that the best destination for him is where he's been. It is uh, it it just stay in New Orleans. But here's the thing: if I could just make up a magical scenario and I don't care about money, put him with the Lakers so that it's a bunch of injury prone people that we have to talk about all the time. I love oh, all wow. of that. Like you just give me all the drama. You. <laughs> I know, I know, it can't I'm, happen. I'm, I'm gonna go New Orleans, even though I feel like you know a, a change of scenery would be great for Zion. I'm going to go New Orleans because I think that's the best place that he has a chance to compete for an NBA championship if he's on the court along with the other pieces. So I'm going to say stay in New Orleans. By the way, is this the most iconic uh, game show music, this match game music? Like, I like it. I mean, it just, God, this feels good. Okay, Evan, who do you have next for I us? I think Family Feud might be a little more iconic. Eh, eh, I mean, Don't ruin the moment, Evan. Don't ruin the moment. Draymond Green. Okay, why, wait, wait, wait uh, say, can, can you put a little like throaty bass in your voice there? Like, say, say a little bit sec, like a little lower, like, little, like yeah. a, little, a little lower. Draymond Green. Okay, Jesus. I, I'm going to go with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, even though Draymond would be, I would think, would do tremendous things on a lot of teams in the uh, NBA right now, I think Golden State is the best place for him. Four championships there, anchoring that defense, the mentality that he has. Also, orchestrating things on the offensive end, so I'm going to go with Golden State. I can't even get cute on this one. Like uh, After Golden State acquired Chris Paul, there's just no way in my mind they weren't doing that du- that salary dump uh, if it wasn't in part to keep Draymond there and keep him happy. I think uh, the only place that makes sense at this point is Draymond back with Golden State. I like that one. Give us one more. And like, like This is your big shining moment. Like Give us the, the biggest Elvis that you've got. Like Come on, give us the big. The, this is the performance, the showstopper. LeBron, no, I'm just kidding. 
Chris Middleton. <gasps> Ooh, okay. Uh, Harry, is it like I, you got a Chris Middleton spot that you think is absolutely perfect? Well, I, I think he's going to go back to Milwaukee. So I'm, uh, that's that's the team I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, he opted out of $40 million, which Fitz would always blow my mind. Um, but they're probably going to extend him to a, a longer contract which in reality it'll be more money than that $40 million. So I'm going to go Milwaukee. Can I, can I put a spicy take in here for you? You ready yes, for a little bit of spice on, on your, on your taco? On. You ready for Come this? My stomach's going to be bubbling. You ready for, for the, the, the bubbly? The bubbly here. Sacramento. All right, Ooh. Sacramento. He can. It's a, it's an improvement for them at the guard play. He can come in. He can be a difference maker right away, and he brings them just that little edge of experience. Been there a minute, like knows what he's doing. Goes into it. like Sacramento is now that spot that I think people want to play in. So I I look at Sacramento and I say, hey, while Sacramento doesn't need a lot, the opportunity to bring in somebody like Chris Middleton would be, I think, an upgrade for them that actually helps them. No, no, no. no. I I think it is an upgrade because I think what happened to Sacramento in the playoffs this year versus the Golden State Warriors, surprisingly, was Harrison Barnes deciding that he didn't want to score the basketball, kind of like he did when the Warriors were up 3-1 versus the Cleveland Cavaliers and ruined their season um, to be the greatest basketball team of all time by not being able to hit baskets in that series, particularly games 5, 6, and 7. So, yes, I think he would be a major upgrade over Harrison Barnes. Yeah, so Harrison goes the way of the Dodo Bird and then all of a sudden Chris Middleton becomes uh, he becomes sprinkles on top of the perfect Sunday. Sacramento is now at the spot that they're not looking for ice cream. They're just looking for sprinkles. And give me a little bit of sprinkles with Chris Middleton. I'm going to be all in on that. Uh, all right. Coming up, the Thompson Twins are not the only brothers building a rivalry. Wait until you hear what one NFL player said about his brother next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. There's all different kinds of love. There's love between partners. There's love between co-hosts. There's love between co-workers. And then there's love between brothers, which at times can hit a little different, especially if they're both in the NFL at the same time. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We've talked a little bit about Dalvin Cook and the possible future home of Dalvin Cook. He's going to go somewhere where he has a shot to make a big difference. And one of the things that we made clear days ago is that as much as people will say, oh, Buffalo could be a possibility – it's probably not because Dalvin Cook's brother, James, is a running back for the Buffalo Bills. Harry, I want you to hear what James Cook said on the Rich Eisen show about his 2023 and even the possibility of playing with his brother. Check it out. Obviously, RB1. So, you know, you know, just try to come in and just do what I do. You know, just change the game. Like, my versatility. Possible, do you think your brother joins you in Buffalo? James, what do you think? Uh, I think I think that would be a little hard. That'll be a bit hard, is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a bit hard because, look, little brother doesn't want to be little brother when it comes to his brother being on the same team and taking reps from him. Uh, also, slimming the opportunity for him to flourish as a running back in the National Football League. Look, 
Dalvin Cook, the last four years, over 5,000 yards rushing, 43 touchdowns. That's just rushing. We're not even talking about the pass game in which he's uh, uh, vital in, in that instance of, of, of the game of football as well. But James Cook is really trying to get his feet under the ground and coming into this season and wants to be that guy for the Buffalo Bills that they can count on um, rushing the football and also in the pass game. And I remember plays for, from him at the University of Georgia in the pass game that I want the Buffalo Bills to utilize him in a lot of different ways on the football field. So being able to play with your older brother is phenomenal if you guys don't play the same damn position, fits. Yeah, well, the other part of it is you just mentioned all of the accolades of Dalvin Cook. For those accolades, he got cut. He got cut because money, right? Like, he got yep. paid, but he got cut because of money. If you're Dalvin Cook and you're looking at James Cook, you guys are both playing the same position. It's not going to twist it. James Cook was a second-round draft pick. I looked it up. He signed a four-year deal for about $5.8 million. If Dalvin comes in, not only is he taking reps away, not only is he taking the opportunity to flourish away, he would be taking the opportunity to get paid away too because we all know running backs have such a small window to go out and get the bag, right? Like yep. hey, At this point, James needs every single opportunity he can to go out and show the world, pay me and pay me now because he's only going to get one mega contract in today's NFL. Right, and he's already going to be fighting reps with guys like Damian Harris who had a solid career when he was in New England, Latavius Murray, who's another veteran, and also Naheem Hines, in which they traded for last season and, and, and got him on the roster. And I didn't think they utilized him in the ways that they should have utilized him. He obviously was phenomenal on special teams, but he's another player that can do a lot of dynamic things if you just get the football in his hand. So he's going to be fighting against those three guys. The last person he want to be fighting against is his older brother, his older brother who he's been looking up to his entire career. I mean, you look at him and you're like, hey, bro, you're taking carries, you're taking <laughs> moments, you're taking receptions, you're taking shine, you're taking star power, and you're taking cash all away from me. That would make Thanksgiving you're really awkward. You're taking food off my <laughs> table? Oh, let's fight. I mean, that would, I cannot imagine the Thanksgiving dinner table there where it's like, you know, pass the mashed potatoes, but not to Dalvin because he'll just take them all. That's what he does. Oh, but I got to ask you, though. W would you do something like that to your brother? Oh, hell yes. I would do that to my brother <laughs> in a heartbeat. Like, not a lot of love lost between me and my brother, uh, you know, at all. So, yeah, if I had the opportunity to go out and, and make him work harder for every dollar he gets in his life, oh, hell yes. Like, that's it. I'd, I'd train harder. If I knew that I had the chance, I got signed for less, train harder just to I could put money in my pocket, try and take money out of his. Yeah, there, you would never do that to Tony, though. No, like, no, no, you and Tony but me and my love. brother are best friends. Like, right. we, we do everything together. Like, so yeah. I, would, I definitely would do that. Yeah, no, I'd look over and I'd be, I, the first thing I'd do is call my agent and be like, see that? See Dustin's team? Yes, I will take a rebate to sign over there. Let's go. Uh, Dalvin Cook, by the way, we heard from James. Now we'll hear from Dalvin, the free agent. This is what he said on Sirius XM NFL Radio about all the rumors of him in free agency. You know, a lot of people got me peeing going back home. Um, you know, just a lot of people got me going to the Jets. It's all over the place right now, but what's going to be important for me is just going to that right situation and helping somebody turn the page. Like, I want to go and be the piece that can just help somebody win and get over the hump. And whatever that situation comes with, if it comes with me, you know, taking less of reps, but me being in the perfect situation to, to hold up that trophy, I don't mind. I just want to go somewhere else. I just get the ball and just help somebody win and, and turn the next page. Fine yeah, line, he, though, Harry. Yeah, but what he's saying is he doesn't have to be the bell cow back, right? He doesn't have to be the number one guy that's getting most of the carries. You can use him in certain um, 
instances of the game. You can use him in the past game, but he also he just want to go and be a piece to something special, right? Not that bell cow back that you're giving the ball to uh, 35, 40 times a game. He doesn't he doesn't want all that. He doesn't want that. But he's also saying he wants to help somebody win. And this is the where the line comes, especially from, from NFL players. You know this better than anybody. But when it's like, hey, man, I don't have to be the superstar. I just want to help you win. As long as you're winning games and you feel like you're contributing, that's fine. Where things go haywire is if all of a sudden you're not winning, and at the same time, while you're not winning, you're not getting the opportunity to help your team win. That's when all of the concepts get a little bit sour, right? Yep. And I'll also say this. Dalvin Cook is probably saying that because for the first time in his entire, entire career – um, he completed a full season last year as well, right? His, his previous years, being in Minnesota, he didn't play every game. So last year was the first time he was able to do that. But I think when you go through those years in the National Football League, you understand that, you know what, okay, I, I, I am going to need to be spared here. I do need to be in the game at this moment. And guys at that position probably don't want to be the bell, uh, bell, bell uh, cow bell running cow back, back? That, that, that people want him to be. I, this is where, though, like – to me, that makes so much sense. I just think there's a little bit, you know, you're right. what he's telling us, I think, is he doesn't want to be the guy that carries the ball 30 times on a bad football team. He doesn't want to be the guy that carries the ball 25 times on a mediocre football team. He wants to be a guy that gets the opportunity to help a good team win a Super Bowl. That is a very particular. There's only a handful of teams that can even manage that, right? There's only a handful of teams that would even play in, into that conversation. But if you are a fan listening right now and you're thinking, well, my team's going to get Dalvin Cook, the first thing you've got to ask yourself is, will the addition of Calvin Dalvin Cook allow this team to win a Super Bowl? Because it sounds like he wants to be an important part of a Super Bowl winner, which is a very, very middle ground, Harry. And I Definitely don't believe that's going to be in Buffalo where his little brother is taking money off his table. Yeah, you know what? You just look at your brother and say, hey, bro, like, be better. Be better. Do better. Come out and beat me for it, brother. Beat me for this. Why I'm a terrible brother. You can tell, you can tell which I, I one of us is. I will, yeah. I, will fight, I will fight you every chance I got to. <laughs> we will fight. We definitely couldn't live together in the same city because I will be standing over you in your sleep. I mean, I would I would try. My brother would have kicked my butt, always did. All right, so where is the right situation for Dalvin Cook? Actually, we figured it out. We got the answer. We'll tell it to you next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 